Um, so my parents um, had a big record collection when I was a little kid and they were pretty poor when we were growing up. And I know at one point they had to sell all their records to buy dinner that night, which is. Wow. Yeah. Um, but they were really into music. They, I remember them telling me about going to a war show like in the seventies. Um, my dad really loved Motown. We listened to a ton of Motown growing up and, um, actually took this Motown class in college, which was really cool. It was sort of about the music and then what was going on in the, in, not in the world, in the U S and like tying together civil rights and the rise of Motown. And it was so interesting, but we would just like the teacher would play a song and I would like immediately be transported to like my living room and be like, whoa, this is my dad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we continue on Rockin' the Suburb Week. Today, I am bringing back an episode uh, featuring not Jim and Patrick, but Burps was Dad Talk. Um, she worked at USA Today along with Jim and Patrick, and on Tuesdays, they would do... Um, Tuesdays with Mary, kind of a play on Tuesdays with Maury, and she would come in and talk about uh, music. And so I always loved listening to Mary share her stories, and I was lucky enough to get her to join me on Set Lusting Bruce. So um, I wish I'd worked it out where this had come out on a Tuesday, but uh, here is the um, talk Way back, uh, this was episode um, 106 uh, with Mary, and enjoy. Thanks. Hi, this is Jim Lenahan, co-host of the Rockin' the Suburbs podcast. You can find it on iTunes or Audioboom, little plug. When I'm not talking about my lifelong music obsession or listening to Springsteen records, well, then I'm listening to Set Lusting Bruce, starring Jesse Jackson, who I met last year in Dallas. He's a beautiful man. Rock on, Jesse. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and tonight we're taking um, a B-side episode where we get off the Bruce Springsteen uh, train and we talk to fans of different kind of music and tonight I have podcast royalty with me <laughs> though I do not think Mary will claim that crown no but um I, I am so proud uh Mary introduce yourself hi this is Mary Nahorniak I'm more of a surf I think in this kingdom <laughs> royal kingdom of podcasting um, and, uh, and Jesse and I know each other through the, uh, uh, rock in the suburbs podcast, formerly known as dad rock, where I used to have a weekly show. Yes. Uh, we did Tuesdays with Mary, which was a wonderful kind of tongue in cheek, you know, Tuesdays with Maury. Right. And, um, and I just loved listening to Mary's episodes, 
um, we kind of, Mary has a fresh perspective about music and she just joined the ranks of parenthood and she shared a little bit about that with our, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, she just visited with Jim and Patrick on rock in the suburbs. She kind of spent three or four days with them. Um, Yep. Secret behind the scenes, you record all at one time right. and edit. But yeah. I, I and I and I think everyone understands that. I but I love the fact that they try to. Hey, Pretend. it's been a week. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um. And so I reached out to Mary and I said, "Hey, any chance you want to join me?" And she was kind enough to say yes. So yeah. welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is such a delightful way to spend an evening. <laughs> well, thanks. So. Mary, I always like to kind of go back. Well, first off, um, I'm going to kind of something. Why? I know, obviously, you're you're lovely to talk to, but was the, well, how did it lead to you and pa- you joining Patrick and Jim back in the old show? Um, what kind of was the connection that had them decide to have you as a regular contributor? Ah, so let's see. Patrick and I had been colleagues and sort of talked about music like not too long after one of us started at USA Today. So we had each sort of known that we were interested in music and we had talked for years about Nico Case. So we can pin a lot of things on her and we had a shared mutual love for her. Um, And I joined the guys for a show about Wilco, which they knew I was a huge fan of. And we did like a big kind of hour long Wilco show um, in the early days of Dad Rock. And I remember as after it was being edited and Jim was sort of finishing it, he was like coming toward the hall, toward me in the hall one day and I was getting ready to leave. And he's like, Mary, Mary. And I was like, oh God, he's going to say like how terrible I was. <laughs> and he's like, slow down. He's like, hey, we were thinking about, we really like the show and wanted to maybe make it a weekly thing. And I was like, whoa, totally did not see that coming. So, um, cause I just think both of those guys have so much knowledge about music and music history and pop music history and culture. And they're so, they're so smart and they're so well-spoken about it. And I don't have that. I, I have a personal love for music, and, but I just don't have like the vocabulary and the, the depth and breadth of knowledge that they do. Um, but I think they found my lack of knowledge appealing in some way. <laughs> so I could be like a foil maybe. Um, but yeah, they invited me to do the show weekly and I said, most definitely I want to do that. And so I got to do that for uh, pretty much a good year, which was really a fun thing to do in the middle of my work week. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, by the way, I feel the same way about Jim and Patrick, you know, I, I'm just a guy that you know, I was podcasting for a couple of TV shows and decided that. Um, I went to the guy who runs our network and I said, I want to do a Bruce Springsteen show. He's like, okay. <laughs> and, um, and you know, as you know, most of the show is about fans and, and that, you know, I don't, there's other podcasts out there that do with musical, you know, Bruce's place in music and his, you know, the songs and a lot of uh, more critic. And I'm just, I just think music is such an important part of so many people's lives. And I love talking to people about that. Mm -hmm. So that's what this thing came about. And so, um, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And that was sort of how like Jim framed the other show for me is like, it's not music criticism. It's like, you can't be wrong when you just tell your personal connection to music. Like yours could be one thing and mine could be another and we're both right. And like, you know, 
if I were doing music criticism, all I would ever say is that something is amazing or terrible. And I, it would just be like variations on a theme, but instead right. you get to say like, Hey, this time I listened to this song, it made me feel this way. And I met this person and, you know, and you just like string your life together through music. So that's what makes it cool. So I think that's what you're talking about with your podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely, Mary. And, you know, one of the things that I love just, you know, recently Jim and Patrick talked about that they dislike the phrase guilty pleasure because the idea is, you know, if you love an afternoon delight, but the Starland vocal yeah. bands and it makes you smile, right. which it, it does me because of the scene from Sports Night where uh -huh. they have that discussion and kind of it's played at the end. I, yeah, I smile every time. I... Development. <laughs> oh, that's that would have been another good yeah. place. It, when almost goes through, I go to uh, Aaron Sorkin shows. Right. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. I, as you should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Well, so let's go back to growing up. What yeah. kind of music did your family listen to? Was it a musical family? Yes, I think we all love and appreciate music, and none of us play it, which is a source of regret, but. Um, so my parents, um, had a big record collection when I was a little kid and they were pretty poor when we were growing up. And I know at one point they had to sell all their records to buy dinner that night, which is wow. Yeah. Um, but they were really into music. They, I remember them telling me about going to a war show, like in the seventies. Um, my dad really loved Motown. We listened to a ton of Motown growing up and, um, actually took this Motown, class in college which was really cool it was sort of about the music and then what was going on in the in not in the world in the u.s and like tying together civil rights and the rise of motown and it was so interesting but we would just like the teacher would play a song and i would like immediately be transported to like my living room We're like whoa this is my dad like what is this so it's a lot of motown he listened to a lot of jazz for a while he was big into steely dan um so that was a lot of what they were playing. And my brother and I are very close in age. He's just about a year older than me. So he was big into music, um, really big into the Beatles. Um, his first show, I remember, was Billy Joel and Elton John. He was like kind of a classic rock guy for a while. Um, and he was a huge influence in, in turning me on to all kinds of new things at that time and still does. So we share a lot of musical tastes. You know, that's a common theme on the show, Mary, is um, if you're the younger sibling or the older sibling and you either are influenced pretty heavily on what you like by your older sibling or sometimes they rebel totally and they go for a different style of music because you don't want to be like your right. older sibling. <laughs> yeah, but either way, and it's the same amount of influence. <laughs> it is, and, um, you know, and I've had a lot of people talk about that, being the older sibling, they felt a kind of responsibility that, well, I want to lead them the right way. And mm -hmm. and, and I always think of that um, almost famous scene where, you know, the young character is going through his sister's albums and seeing pet sounds and all these other, um, you know, in this, this whole world that she's leaving him. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. You guys are still close and still yep. – um, go back and forth on music. Yeah. Very nice. we, our, our text conversation is half chat and half Spotify links, whether <laughs> it's either something new, like that we want the other person to hear, or like, we'll just dig up something old and just like blast it their way too. Um, so that's really fun. And I think nice. that like a turning point for me, like I was 
so he he was definitely like into cooler stuff and much earlier than I was and I was listening to a lot of just like top 40 and I really liked a lot of R&B and hip-hop and gave me a Liz Fair CD and that was like a total turning point and um, and it was something that like she sort of became my own, but also like opened up this whole world of Indian alternative that um, I can definitely like look at that and see how I started to go down a different path. That was probably like just before high school started. point like my brother and I both went way down like the violent femmes rabbit hole I was very into Tori Amos and Fiona Apple like all obligatory high school girl kind of stuff um, yeah. yeah so that was my world when did you graduate from high school 99 okay so yeah um <laughs> that's interesting and I um I was I, I became aware of Liz Fair when she was on um, and the HBO show Bob Costas did an interview show mm -hmm. and she was on it and I was fascinated by her she was a really articulate very funny interesting and I went well okay I'm going to go buy this album and really liked it I, um, so that's interesting yeah um, so you um, did your going into college did your musical taste expand or did you stay pretty close to your um you know kind of roots hmm that's a good question so and again i guess i would say my brother and i we ended up actually going to the same college so we were still you know sharing music and sharing worlds and and friends and people and stuff and i listened to in college i I still, yeah, I would still go see Tori Amos if she was nearby. I really liked 311, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I got into The Roots, um, which is not embarrassing. They were wonderful. Um, I, let's see, I was trying to think of some good shows. We did a lot of traveling for concerts. I guess, like, so it was sort of right after college was, like, a, a definitely a new, like, era for me in music. I met a mm -hmm. bunch of uh, friends at my very first internship out of school, and, um, and one was really into, um, music and she sort of opened me up to Ryan Adams and, um, my brother had been into Wilco for a long time, but I finally got into them at that point. Um, so that was definitely like going down more of this like Americana folk kind of alt country for lack of a better mm -hmm. term, um, route that I think I'm still sort of in and, and that's probably my jam. And I went to college and, and graduated from high school in South Carolina. So that music also sort of feels like that place as well to me. Yeah. Like definitely like having Southern music in the South all tied together. 
Yeah, one of the shows you you talked about on Rock in the Suburbs was um, Jason Isbell's new album, The Nashville Experience, right? Yeah, The Nashville Sound. Uh, Nashville Sound, yes. And I um, I have a friend who's a big fan, and I said, you know, I need to pick that up. And he looked at me like, <laughs> you don't listen to him. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, this lady on a podcast I really like mentioned <laughs> so it. And, and then um, – and I said that – and also I've – read somewhere else a couple other people that have been on the podcast talked about how wonderful the album was and yeah. he goes well okay uh -huh. and um he actually said i i don't have a i don't have a cd i can borrow you but he says but if you if you download it from apple from itunes i will pay you back if you don't like it i'm oh, like no no, no it's okay yeah and it was i i totally in fact um one of the things I do, um, as I talked about with Jim and Patrick, is um, when I'm getting my chemo treatments, I don't listen to podcasts. I listen to music. Yes, I, and I listen I, to your um, episode with them. Yeah. And um, I did uh, Jason's this last, and it was oh. really a great CD. Cool. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and, and so – my friend Sam now is like, okay, well, let me get you some old drive-by truckers and you can kind of do some interesting things. But yeah, uh, I think that's a very cool CD and, and really very fun to listen to and, and also saying some nice things. Yes. Yeah. He is, he, um, he's an extremely good writer. I like how he doesn't just go for the most obvious thing. And he really, you can tell that he works really hard to find the right phrasing um, like a little bit of a perfectionist with the words. And I, I read a review of this album as compared to the, the last few, which are incredible. Um, and as he's gotten sober and he's got this family and his life really is together, he's achieving more and more success. Um, that really, instead of his songs being about himself, now they're about the world. Like he's had to sort of, instead of having that inward gaze, turn it outward and the word for the album in this review that I was reading was about empathy. Like his album is about let's put ourselves in other people's shoes and try to think about their lives too. And I think that's really an incredible point to reach in a career. And especially, I think he's, I think he's 37. He might be 38, but, um, at most. So, you know, and he's been through a lot. Um, but to have that kind of outlook is really, really cool. Yeah. And what I like about it is it's still, um, it still sounds good. In other words, you know, um, I, I remember um, way back in the 80s with uh, little Steven when he was doing Won't Play Sun City and um, someone said, but can you dance to it? And he goes, absolutely. He says, <laughs> you, you know, it, it's not music if you can't, you know, uh, you know, tap your feet and yeah. and enjoy the sound. So true. Um, that's that's awesome. Very yeah, cool. I'm so glad you listened to it. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, that, that makes me happy. Well, good. So, is there other favorite musicians that are staying on the rotation right now? Yeah. Um, let's see. So Wilco's obviously, you know, it tops for me. So I was just, I actually drove yesterday to the Jersey Shore for the day and. Um, and I thought I would do some research in uh, Springsteen's native land. So I listened to Born to yes, Run for you. you. <laughs> thank and, you. But um, to answer your question, I did. I listened to Wilco because I wanted to listen to something that I knew really well. 
um, because my daughter was in the back and she was sleeping. So I needed to turn mm-hmm. it down. And I find, yeah. I find listening to music at a low volume kind of stressful because I'm straining to hear it. I'd rather either yes. have silence or have it be mm-hmm. correct volume. But in this case, I was driving for three and a half hours and she was hopefully going to sleep for a lot of that. So I put right. on Summer Teeth, which is a, a great local album, um, their second and Yankee Hotel Foxtrot and just listen to some classics. Like I was like, I've got time. I want to listen start to finish. Let me just like rehear these um, and not have to, you know, try to be picking out new things and, and paying a ton of attention, but just like let the music sort of wash over me. Assassin down the avenue I'm hiding out in the big city blinking What was I thinking when I let go of you? And then today I played a song that I talked about on the previous podcast um, that was one of my favorites from last year, and it's an album that came out. Um, I started listening to it right after I had had the baby, and we'd be home together, and I'd listen to it a lot. My husband really liked it, which surprised me and made me really happy, and that's Lori McKenna. Um, And she has a song, Humble and Kind, that I believe is actually also a Tim McGraw song that she wrote, Um, but her version of it is wonderful. So I was just playing that as my daughter and I were just sitting on the floor playing on the rug and just wanted to hear um, how she thought, how she might listen to it today versus when she was three months old. And she seemed, you know, mildly interested. So I'll call that a win. <laughs> know there's a light that glows by the front door. Don't forget the keys under the mat. Childhood stars Always stay humble and kind I'll Go to church cause your mama says to and Visit grandpa every chance that you can It won't be wasted time Always stay humble and kind I'll Hold the door, say please, say Yes. Um, what is the go-to um, music for young um, toddlers this day? Um, I will tell you, Chris was born in 89. Mm-hmm. So um, we went through a whole spell of Rathy, yeah. um, Barney. Um, <laughs> now, luckily, though, um, Sarah Hickman, who's a local singer songwriter that we had gotten to be friends with she lived in dallas and she moved to austin um 
he listened to a lot of Sarah music and mm-hmm. also Brave Combo. Awesome. So we we were able to mix in that, and of course the beach bags, oh. um, as him and his um, he and my lovely bride would pick at me at the time with the Beach Boys. They would call them the Beach Bags. So, nice. Um, okay. So, yeah. Like, oh, my yes. Christmas fans. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what is the going thing that um, she's listening to? So we are a big Raffi family. I was raised on Raffi myself, and we listen to Baby Beluga a lot. I mean, we did when she was little, and now it's actually – part of her going to bed routine where I tell um, Alexa to play it. And then I walk out of the room so I don't have to sing it oh, every funny. time. And usually she's asleep by the time it's over, which is great. So she really likes um, the, you know, those songs are like very accessible. They're like a little bit funny for kids and like not, you know, they're still amusing for parents. I really enjoy Rafi. I think he's great. A one and the two and the three and the four and bump, 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 bump. Baby Baloo in the deep blue sea Swim so wild and you swim so free Heaven above, sea below And the little white whale on the go Um, the DVD, you know, of Raffi, you know, performing live, and uh, and it is, it is, um, he's really good at what he does. Yeah. It is some interesting songs. I, I'm, I am smiling, and I have joy in my heart yeah. that Raffi is still popular. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just love it. I mean, the brushing your teeth song, like there's just so much fun stuff. So, mm-hmm. I'll just, yeah, we'll listen to that a lot. We'll listen to it in the car. We'll listen to it, you know, on the Amazon Echo. Um, just playing in the house because it like Alice will just perk right up and like she enjoys it. Um, and then, then that she takes this music class. The program is called Music Together, so it's a lot of kind of folk songs um, and and kid music. Not quite as like funny and out there as Raffi, but but more mm-hmm. like um, and they play little instruments. You know, not like they're not learning; they're just exploring and experimenting with music. But yeah. she really loves that. So I'll sometimes put on um one of those cds uh and she'll and she'll like snap to attention when she hears the stuff that's in the class that she really likes going to so that's pretty cool to see and then my friend um who's a mom of triplets we were visiting them a few weeks ago she was telling us about this artist called baby pants (laughs) which is a name and she said that they tour around seattle and portland and she's like guess who they are and i was like oh it's got to be the guy from the decemberist and she said no it's the guy from presidents of the united states of america do you remember them 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he does children's music now, and he's called Baby Pants. <laughs> and he's oh, dark. how funny. Yeah. Which is kind of funny if you think about that song, like, Millions of Peaches. Like, you know, it yeah. was like, kind of, like, goofy teenagery music at that time. So he just, like, took a decade off and now does kids' music, which is pretty enjoyable to listen to. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I, I shared with you that um, um, because I was such a fan of you on the podcast, I had reached out to Jim and Patrick. I said, hey, you know, my friend Sarah Hickman does has a couple of children's CDs. Would it be appropriate to send it to and they said yeah yeah send it to uh marion so you were nice yeah. enough to say that you enjoyed the cd i so. did and, but oh my gosh it was just the greatest mystery for so long because i was like <laughs> where did these come from and you know what i was like opening them and patrick was there because i had dropped by the office and we were chatting mm -hmm. i think my friend tug was there and everything and i was like oh look at this who are these from and everybody's just like oh i don't know it's like there's no note like, and then if you had sent me a tweet or something, you know, I was so brain dead yeah. after I had the baby that sure. I completely forgot. So I just couldn't figure it out for like eight or nine months. <laughs> but Patrick was just standing there, like not putting two and two together. So. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Um, thank you. That was so thoughtful. Well, well you know, that's great. Um, so uh, I think it's kind of fun that um, are, are there songs that you and Alice sing together or do you, I think you've told a little bit of story, but I don't think my audience has heard. What is there? You already said baby Luga is part, a good night song, but is there other, do you sing to her waking up or do you have some other kind of rituals? We do a lot of just like, you know, singing, whatever we're doing, like sing talking, Today, mm -hmm. I, in order to get her to sit still so I could cut her nails, I let her watch a video for the first time ever. And she's almost one. I was like, okay, we're, she can watch the occasional Sesame Street on YouTube. Right. And it was Feist singing her Sesame Street, one, two, three, four, which is like counting to four. It's so charming. Yeah. So, and Alice was just like zoned, very excited. Yeah. Places. Um, so I played some revolver, which was like a little bit out there, but, um, you know, like I wanted her to hear a yellow submarine. So anyway, I feel like that's kind of our next frontier is like the sort of like upbeat Beatles songs could be like a nice connection point. Oh yeah. I think that would be really nice. You know, I called into a talk show years ago when John Sebastian was touring and I asked him, so, you know, I have a young son and what do you think would be good? And he said, you know, all the loving spoonfuls, he said, are, mm. are very fun for kids to listen to and to see. So uh, that's that's nice. It's really good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. You know, she just likes everything. Like, she, I mean, she likes everything, everything, but she also likes everything music. Mm -hmm. Like she's it's really very cool. That is very cool. Now, I know with a infant. And I know she's getting to be a big girl, but yeah, um, she'll be one in like a week. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, your social calendar must be <laughs> non-existent in a lot of ways. Um, you do things with other parents a lot, but um, when you do get to have date night, or when mm -hmm. you know Alice is off with, you know, um, in-laws or a babysitter um are you guys doing anything musically to escape or is it um dinners and you know um, movies 
It's more concerts. Yeah, okay. that's. I'm glad you asked that. So I got before she was born. I had gotten tickets to two shows that I knew, you know, we'd have her then. But I got tickets to Jenny Lewis, who is one of my absolute favorite artists, and I had not seen her. And I was like, you know what? We're gonna have a little baby, but we're gonna go. Like, we're we're gonna do it. She she was six weeks old at the time, and that was um, an incredible experience. Jenny Lewis just fantastic, and she played rabbit for coat start to finish. Cause it was the 10 year anniversary. It was very, and it was like a, a good moment for me to take stock of how my life had changed in that 10 year time since I first heard that album. Oh, that's nice. Oh, it was great. And then, and my husband really thought she was an awesome performer and, and really likes listening to her after that show, which was really cool. Um, we, so we saw her, we had tickets to Sturgill Simpson, which we went to probably about a month or two after that. Um, and then we have some friends that we tend to go to a lot of concerts with. Um, and we just saw Wilco with them, um, at Wolf Trap, which is uh, a national park that hosts concerts. It's just my absolute favorite venue. It's always a beautiful night. The sound is fantastic. So we, and we had seats inside the pavilion and the sound is phenomenal. Um, and Wilco, it was one of the better shows I've seen for them. And we just saw Jason Isbell, uh, let's see, it was about three weeks ago, I think. Um, so these are all things like if, well, if I see these artists coming, I just get tickets and it's like, we're going, I don't care if it's Tuesday. I don't care if it's Sunday, like we're getting a babysitter and we're doing this. Um, and then you've got it on the calendar. You've already put the money in, you know, right. there's no backing out. So yeah, that's really been probably most of our date nights. Um, which has been really fun. That is very cool. Now, um, my lovely bride, Linda, is at best the casual Springsteen fan, and so she kind of... How is that possible? I know, <laughs> um, and so I was going to... Um, we have a couple of people, like we're both big John Hyatt fans, and um, we we both have, you know, other bands that we like, but she kind of mm -hmm. rolls her eyes at my Bruce obsession slash passion depending on which perspective you look at how about you and your husband do you guys have anything that you kind of um listen to because you're a um loving partner or and he does the same thing <laughs> yeah i definitely so i've always like sort of joked that we have this venn diagram and there you know there's <laughs> one circle is my stuff and one circle is his stuff and then there's an overlap in the middle and pretty much everybody i just mentioned is in the middle mm -hmm. or if it's, if it's not, you know, one of his favorite musicians, at least he will go, like you said, be a loving partner yeah. and be supportive. Um, there are a handful of shows I've taken him to where he really did not like what was, <laughs> <laughs> what he was listening to. And after that, I just go to those other people, but, um, yeah. So, and then he's really into electronic music. So what we definitely have an imbalance where he's gone to a lot of my artist mm -hmm. things and I'm definitely overdue to go to some electronic shows with him. Um, but really what happens is I'm, I see the shows and I buy the ticket. Like I go, Oh, Jason is yeah. coming. Like I got tickets, you know, like I'm not asking you. I yeah, got tickets. exactly. <laughs> no. And it's okay if you don't want to go as I'll find somebody else, but I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and, and he usually wants to go and we have a wonderful time. But um, so I definitely owe him and he is, Welcome to cash in whenever he's ready. Um, so I, I don't know that I've ever really even been to an electronic show. And he's gone to a couple since we've been together. And there are some pretty cool venues in D.C. that I think have um, some of that stuff. So, um, yeah, that 
that's probably in the future. That's interesting. You know, um, the same thing happened to me. Um, a a singer songwriter, Marion Call from Alaska. Um, she I had found her several years ago. She had done an album that was kind of based on Firefly on Battlestar Galactica. But if you didn't mm -hmm. know the shows, you could still enjoy the music. And I really liked her. And so I'd been following her. And Linda had seen her once before. And Marion is starting this tour. And um, she was playing at a little coffee shop here in Dallas. And I, I told Linda, I said, well, you know, it's Friday night. If you don't want to go, but I you know, I want to go. And she's like, no, 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 I'll go. And we had a great mm -hmm. time, but I have that, we have yeah. that discussion now after being married so long is like, okay, you know, it's 70, 80, hundred bucks a ticket. If you're just going to be mm -hmm. polite, <laughs> it's, it's okay. You know, cause I will find a friend or I don't mind right. going by myself yeah. <laughs> versus just us paying this money for you just to be a, okay, I'll be a supportive partner. Um, right. Yeah. So I think I this, was talking with a friend yeah. who, um, wanted to go see, uh, somebody new that she had just gotten into and the tickets were $5, but they have a young son too. And she's like, well, we're talking about a $200 night when it comes down to like babysitting dinner, you know, like you put it all together and you're like, Oh, $5 show, but yes. really it's, it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like you, you want to make those choices mindfully. I, by the way, I, I love the fact that you and your husband do a lot of shows, but um, I have to ask you when you go out to dinner without Alice, um, mm -hmm. do you, specifically go later or to restaurants you know that there may be a wait and you don't care what do you mean like there, well, that there may be a so wait? when when we chris was little you always had to pick a restaurant that you knew like we're going to eat early five or six because there won't be a wait mm -hmm. because he's only going to be well yeah, behaved for a set window. you know there uh -huh. is a window and so when uh -huh. we have a babysitter linda's like i want to pick a restaurant where there's we're going to sit at the bar for yeah. 45 minutes waiting for a table <laughs> oh, and, I love and we're going to have a drink and we're going to take our time I'm like totally. so i didn't know if you guys yes. have something similar yeah we tend to we tend to go later because we just usually go like it's just easier for us to put her to bed than to right. talk somebody through the whole thing it's not like it's hard it's just i end up giving them way more detail than they need Absolutely. and they're like you can go now yes. you know um but yeah it's one of those things where you're like it's like you're spinning around with your arms out like the sound of music you're like i'm free i could just sit at this bar i could walk around this block i don't care yes like i'm not in any kind of hurry there's a babysitter baby's sleeping like yeah so i definitely i don't mind any kind of weight or sitting at the bar like having a cocktail just sounds like a dream, which it actually sounds really nice right now, which means we're probably overdue for it. <laughs> yes, uh, very much. Um, that, that's yeah. awesome. Um, so if there's, um, do you have any kind of concert stories or, you know, going to DC, all the different shows, is there anything memorable you may want to share a story that, um, was funny or, or mean, you know, touching that you might want to tell us? Yeah. Um, I have two stories about the same artist. It's actually one artist that my husband does not like. And I took him to see a Ted Leo show. Um, who's like a pop punk 
guy, um, for, actually from DC, part of the DC hardcore scene, I think back in the day. And, uh, and he really didn't like it. And so that was one time. Another time after that, I went, I actually just went by myself. I was like, I just really want to go see him. I love him. I know you're not interested. I used to not be comfortable doing things like that by myself. And I ended up going and I thought it was great. I had such a nice time by myself. So that was like a very cool, um, you know, thing to have in your pocket. Um, so I, I loved that. And then there was another time that I saw him and, uh, I guess it was the first time. So this is like many years before either of those shows, it was in Richmond where I lived at the time. And, um, his drummer was drumming and broke his arm somehow. I can't remember what happened. If it was like, did he fall or did he just whack the drums too hard? I, I actually think it might've been the latter, but he broke his arm and he couldn't play. And so Ted Leo said to this small um, room full of people, can anybody fill in on drums? And this like 16 year old kid raised his hand and is like, I can do it. Gets up on the stage, can play all the songs they just like totally rocked out all of their music with this fill-in teenage drummer who had never played with them. They'd never met. It was such a cool, like small club, you know, not a big concert experience that, um, you know, could have gone south really quickly and instead like became really memorable and really awesome. And I think it probably says a little bit about punk music too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'll always remember. I went to that show with my brother and a good friend, uh, Heather. Um, and, and Ted was actually just hanging out in the back of the room beforehand. And my brother went up and chatted with him and asked him some questions about his songs. And so that was just like a very cool, um, a cool night outside of the big concert experience. You know, um, we early before we had the boy, um, when we moved to Dallas, we did were went to local clubs and heard a lot of local musicians, and it was mm -hmm. you know always nice because you know Brave Combo you know we used to joke Brave Combo says hey thanks for coming out I said when I go see Billy Joel he doesn't tell me hey thanks for coming yeah. out um, right and and you did have that um, you never know what's gonna go on and. Um, and it, that spontaneity, I love, um, we don't do it as much as we used to, but, you know, I still love when we go to a small club, um, there is a fair amount of, um, great venues here in DFW where you can hear, you know, uh, singer songwriters or smaller bands. And it is a nice kind of connection versus going to the arenas or, and, and hearing right. this, you know, big extravaganza, you know, show. Right. Yeah. It's good to have both, you know, yes. like to have like the big arena, like production and the songs, you know, and by heart and it's rocking and it's loud and it's like on point. And then to have those like smaller club experiences, you don't know who you're going to hear or what they might sound like or what interesting things might happen as the night goes on. And it's like, you know, kind of free flowing. I think it's, it's awesome to have an opportunity to do both of those. It's cool that you get to live in an area where you get both of that. Cause I imagine you get some pretty big name acts in Dallas as well. We do. And, um, and so it's once again, you know, you kind of make the decision what you're going to see and what you're going to do. Um, I'm crossing my fingers that, uh, the 
E Street Band's uh, members mm -hmm. are kind of there's doing some solo tours, and I keep, you know, hey, DFW's here. We'd love to see. You've never seen Bruce. No, I haven't. And it's funny because as even as we talk about Jason Isbell, um, I feel like a lot of roads lead to Bruce, right? I mean, people, the, the couple that I mentioned that are good friends of ours that we go to shows with a lot, she's a huge Bruce fan. I have a lot of friends. When Bruce is in town, like, my Facebook feed is everybody was there. Yeah. All my people were at the Bruce show. And it's kind of like a void for me in a weird way. And it's, there's, there's no r real rhyme or reason to it. It's not that I don't like him. Cause I certainly do. I think it's just that I've never, I guess, I think my dad does like him. And, um, uh, but I don't think he was playing a lot of his music when I was growing right. up. My brother, I don't think really had like a Bruce phase. So it, it just seems to be something that I've like skated around. And yet a lot of the music I like comes from him or is a lot is in the, a similar vein. Um, and I was thinking about that as I listened to born to run yesterday and we just started watching. Have you seen the show? Um, what is it? The defiant ones? I, this new it's on the DVR and um, I, it sounds like it's a wonderful documentary and um yes. and bruce is actually fairly involved with it because <laughs> yes my, it was funny because my wife's like why are you taping a documentary about dr dre i'm like well bruce is in it <laughs> of course he is right. <laughs> you know she just rolls her eyes and yeah. like oh, of course there is um yeah but my son but actually is the one who told me he says hey dad i think you'll like this documentary and bruce has got a fairly big part in it right Yep. So yeah. yeah. So we watched just the first episode. It's all I've seen, mm -hmm. um, and it made me think about you know we we talked about doing this podcast, yeah. and um, so I listened to Born to Run specifically because that's the album that Jimmy Iovine was working mm -hmm. on, and and the show is also about him um, and Dr. Dre, and you know they made beats together, and the rest is billionaire history. But yeah, um, yeah it's just so I remembered the thing that you said. I'm sure you've you've said it a few times. It, to the guys and you said you know there are two kinds of people when they go to our bruce show they either go man that was really long yes. or like i want to quit my job and follow him around the country yes. and i i think i will be the latter i think i probably just need to go but i could see myself going down this rabbit hole for sure well if you want and um, this is an open invitation. I realize you are a busy person, but I am actually going through a series of newbie episodes. And what I've done cool. is uh, people from other podcasts have reached out to me and we're trying to cross promote. And four or five of them, like, I know nothing about Bruce. And so I gave them 10 songs throughout his career and said, nice. Um, this is kind of a wide range. Um, I didn't give you any of the hits. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and after enough time, they joined me and I set the expectation. It's okay if you hate them. I think it would be an interesting. Absolutely. So I throw that open to you. If you ever decide you want to do that, I can send you the list. Then you could uh, join me and give me that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm into that. I would love to do that. I think that'd be great. Uh, okay. I do. I have two Bruce song. I have two, like two small stories to tell okay, you. Okay, please. Uh, it's not like I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody knows something, right? Um, so one song that I remember my dad blasting 
in his convertible. Um, I think that it must have been as I was graduating from college and he was taking us all out for a nice dinner in South Carolina and we were driving on these back roads and it must have been spring or summer right around graduation time. And it's Mary's place. Um, and my dad just had the sound system like blasting the windows down, singing along at the top of his lungs about meet me at Mary's place. And I just remember sitting in the back seat and like thinking how cool that was. Uh, By the way, that is the song I just I had downloaded and planned to do for the introduction for this episode. Cool. So that is very fun that you mentioned that. Oh. Um, that is one of my favorite songs. I I grew up. Um, my dad was in the army, and my mom spent a lot of time. Her parents owned a dairy farm. And one of my favorite memories is being on the front porch um, shelling peas or, you know, doing all this, you know, shucking corn or whatever. And and I always picture that when I hear Mary's Place because this whole sense of family and togetherness. So, yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I I'm, wouldn't be surprised if that's what my dad is thinking, too. But I definitely remember listening to that Springsteen album in the car. Yeah. And then I had uh, a boyfriend in college who was in a band um, and he did a cover of I'm on Fire. And I think that was the first time I had heard it. And I still really like that song. And that's like a shiver inducing song. So that's probably my favorite Bruce song. And, and I like I said, I don't know them all. I certainly know. The hits. Yeah, sure. Um, but I I listened to that again yesterday a couple of times. I was like, I don't know if this gets old. Does it get old for you? No, it never gets old. Um, th- those are wonderful stories. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're very nice to like oh. the, the non-Bruce fans. I appreciate it. Not well, that I'm yeah. not. Again, it's like yeah, you know, it's like where you go like, well, I don't not like it. I just don't know about it. <laughs> right. Well, um, I just had a guy on that does an Americana podcast, Mm -hmm. and um, he did the same thing. I gave him the 10 Springsteen songs, and he listened, and some of them he liked, some of them he didn't, but he said it was enough that it piqued his interest that he wanted to explore more, and I told him if he wanted to return the favor, if he wanted to send me 10 songs of this Americana genre, I would listen and then, you know, he could host the show and we'd talk about it. So we're going to try to do that. Awesome. Because, yeah, you know, kind of nice to see a different thing going on uh, to give you, instead of just randomly picking, you know, songs off Spotify or something to have a purpose makes it a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you feel like it's sort of tied to, you know, an assignment, for lack of a better word, and you want to kind of put some energy into it rather than just like, I'll get around to it someday. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so that's it. So, so far, the episodes have come really well. We've had a good discussion. Uh, so we will, I will send you that and we'll talk about that maybe later this summer. That would be so great. I would love to do that. That would be wonderful. So, um, any final thoughts you want to share with the audience? I, I've kept you, um, <laughs> and you've been very sweet uh, listening to me and, and answering my questions. Oh, Any thank you for having final me. thoughts? Um, um, no, I don't. I don't know. I always laugh. Actually, mm-hmm. people always go, "Hey, do you want to say something?" Like in a meeting, and they go, "No," and then they go, "Blah blah 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 blah" for <laughs> <laughs> for three minutes. I don't know if I have any final thoughts. I'm just now. I'm just vamping. Um, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Like I said before, I think like it seems like a lot of roads lead to Bruce or from Bruce, as the case may be. And so it's nice to sort of like 
um, think about that a little bit and maybe pay a little bit more attention to it. Um, okay. which kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the mm-hmm. guys where they have all mm-hmm. this good, you know, their musical knowledge is really incredible. And I think they could rattle off. I mean, they could write essays on Bruce Springsteen, you know, for years probably, but, um, mm-hmm. to, for me to actually just start to tie things together is very cool. So thank you I for can... bringing me into this. Oh no, I, I love it. I appreciate it so much. So how about any plans for the summer? Why were you, what were you going to the Jersey Shore for? Were you just visiting some friends? Or? Yeah, I had a friend. Uh, she lives um, in San Francisco. She's my very closest friends. And um, she goes to the shore every summer for a month with her family. Uh, she grew up near there. And so I thought, well, this is the only day I could see you. So I'm coming. So me and Alice hopped in the car and drove up to the shore and um, spent the day. It was really lovely. And I we're, we're about to go to Maine next week for a vacation, um, which is a summer road trip we always do. And I thought that I kind of wanted to like do a mini road trip with Alice just to get her used to what next week might look like <laughs> and sure. get comfortable in her car seat. And, um, and I think a little solo driving time is always good for the soul. So um, even though I had her in the backseat, you know, just staring out at the road and doing my thing. So it was a nice day. Um, yeah. And we're, we're headed for Maine. So we will be looking for things to listen to for sure. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, quick story because you're talking about driving solo. Um, back in 2011, um, my father passed away and he was living in Kentucky. And so, um, my wife and son were like, well, we'll go with you. And I go, no, no, no. I, I think I really need the time alone in the car mm-hmm. to drive. So I did. And I, I, I drove and almost to Kentucky, you know, one sitting. Mm-hmm. And wow. um, so um, it was in, I think I, I stopped in Nashville and that's the point of the story is mm-hmm. I spent the night in Nashville and then I went on to Kentucky. So um so Bruce Springsteen's coming to Nashville a few years later, and I'm like, I don't need an airline ticket. I can just drive because it's easy. I've done it. And and so I called I called Linda. I said, you know, when you're not dealing with your father's death, that's a long drive. How long is it? Like twelve? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a long time. I um, and um, I. You know, I mix between podcasts and songs and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, the good thing is usually a Bruce Springsteen concert is three and a half, four hours. So if you get that on E Street Radio, right. okay, I've got something to listen to for the next three and a half hours. Is that so. – that's a serious station, isn't it? Yes, it is. Ah, that's yes. – okay, cool. I'm totally going to turn that on. That's great. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's all Springsteen all the time, and uh, it's good. Um can I say one thing? I in listening to your show with Jim and Patrick, I I think that you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that you grew up in Louisiana or your family's yes, from I Louisiana. Did. Yeah. What's that? Yes, it is. Okay. So my mom grew up in New Orleans and Houston, sort of split her time between the two. And she has no southern accent really to speak of, but she says some things that I realize now are not things that everyone says. And one of them I've never heard anyone else say except for you which is how you pronounce the word P-O-E-M. Okay, poem. <laughs> right, that's what she yeah. says. And so growing up, she would say poem, and I had this book of poems, and she'd read me these little rhyming poems. 
And then, it, and I just said it the other way. And then at some point I learned there was also something called a poem. And for a long time, I thought they were two different things. <laughs> poems are short rhyming, like cute, you know, little children's poems. And yeah. then poems are like epic works of poetry. <laughs> I love that. So I heard um, you say that. I was just like, oh my God. I was like in myself, I was like by myself commuting home. And, and I hear you say poem in this podcast. And I was like, ah. Who can I call? I've never heard anyone say this the way my mom says it. It was so funny. I embarrassed myself. Um, the other night I went to see Wonder Woman and um, was walking out of the theater. And it was at a mall movie theater. And um, the mall had turned the lights off. And so – and there was no electricity. There was no air conditioning because the mall was closed. And as you're walking through – um, someone said, uh, a lady said, well, I wonder if someone didn't pay the light bill. And I stopped her and I said, I'm sorry, where did you grow up? And she looked like here in Dallas. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, um, I grew up in Louisiana and that's what my mom calls the electric bill oh, is the light bill. Oh. And I've never heard that phrase from anyone else except who lives in Louisiana. And then she was not as like oh okay you know that's I that's what I call it and I didn't figure out the connection so I I totally get that Funny. um that I'm glad it made you think of your mom that's yeah. that's kind of a that's a sweet story very charming I I did I ended up texting both my brother and my sister I was like this guy says it like mom says it <laughs> um anyway. the other thing that I we just I was in New Orleans for my birthday uh and our wedding anniversary Linda we got married on June 2nd and I, my birthday is June 3rd. Oh, and good. so, yes, um, she, and so we were in New Orleans, we were at Frenchman street and I was at a club and it was in the afternoon. It was kind of an open set. These people were playing and they were really good and uh, they were passing around the hat. And when they said, is there anything you want to hear? Linda look, you know, rolls her eyes and said, yes, go ahead, ask. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I promised my wife I wasn't going to ask for any Bruce Springsteen. And the um, the singer goes, oh, Atlantic City is one of my favorite songs. I'll do that for you next set. Mm. And uh, so Linda was like, <sighs> and I'm like, just face it, Bruce is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. That is great. Well, I hope you have a great time in Maine. Thank you. Um, I will email you the list of kind of songs that I've been asking awesome. all the newbies to do. So maybe you can build you a little Spotify Perfect. playlist and you can uh, throw that in the car. Enjoy the time. Um, I, I just have, I'm so happy you joined me and I appreciate your time. Um, have a great summer. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you for we will... inviting me and, and I wish the same for you. All right, sounds good, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.